Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Four down, four to go. Talking about March Madness, of course. Four pretty good games yesterday. Actually, one great game and three pretty good games. Four more good games coming up tonight. At least, hopefully, one of those four will be great games as well. A little March Madness talk here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show. It's the coach. It is the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock here in a rainy Friday in the fine city of Chicago. And let us not forget opening day. Opening day in the fine sport of baseball, not that far away. In fact, the Cubs finding out they'll be ma- uh, facing Steven Strasburg Thursday, April 5th in their home opener. How cool is that? The right-handed sensation who got injured will be back and pitching in the home opener for the beloved Cubby. Weather expected to be about 28 degrees, windy and cold. Have a great time at the game. 888-463-6748, the phone number, the big dog, and the coach at your service, March Madness and more. A little bit of music, and then we kick off from the 35-yard line. Oh, oh, Nelly, they'll be fumbling, bumbling, stumbling all over the football field. Let's welcome in a man who, quite frankly, he didn't get the football that much in his high school and collegiate career, but the little bit I know and heard of him when he did get the ball. There was no fumbling, bumbling, and stumbling. He hugged that sucker, and he uh, held on for dear life. It's my good friend, the football star, Joel, the big dog, Radwanski. Am I right, big dog? Once you got the ball, there was no letting go. Now, uh, I have have people who are Mac Murray College listeners, Coach, and I know you're, like, messing around with me, but... No, actually, I'm not. If if you don't mind, this is no joke. I, I, I started at linebacker as a freshman. My sophomore year, they moved me to tight end. This is no joke. People, you're going to laugh at this particular statistic. I ended up being the all-time average yards per reception leader <laughs> at McMurray College. It was like 25.3 or 25.6. But And I started for three years at tight end, and I was all-conference for three years. So you're probably going to be like, well, what, did you have like 4,000 yards in receiving? I only had 700. They, I got 29 receptions in 30 games. but And I averaged. 25 yards, but the best way for me to put it is this. I averaged over 25 yards of reception for my career, and I averaged less than 25 yards a game for receiving yards. <laughs> now that, oh boy, that's weird. Let's, let, me, let me let that sink in. We're going to get to March Madness, guys, and basketball in just a second here, but let me let that sink in. You had a 25-yard average, yeah. but, but you averaged less than 25 yards per game. Yes, exactly. Well, I have to actually do the math, Coach, and it probably isn't exactly right, but I do know that my average yards per reception is lower or is higher than my average yards per game. Wow. And I know for a fact uh, I'm 100% positive. What was higher, your average yards per game to your uh, ACT score? Uh, Well, that was very close. I beat my average yards by one. Twenty-five to twenty-four. Yeah, so but the point I was trying to make at the beginning of the show, and I was not kidding. I think it's a truity, is it not? That when you got your paws on the football, you were not about to let go. You were not going to rumble, stumble, bumble down the field. Oh no! The, you know the the fight. The one time I did fumble 
at uh, at McMurray. It was my senior year, and I, I remember like being this whole, we're not going to fumble, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. And they they decided to feature me at this game. And, you know, the first catch that I have, I turn up field, guy from behind smacks the ball out after I had broke open. I was like, oh, my God, I fumbled. Like, I the fear of fumbling, Coach, I can't even explain. I almost poop <laughs> my pants. Yeah. The ball hits the ground, bounces right back in my hands, and I roll. I get back, and you know, and no one ever noticed. On film, you couldn't even tell I fumbled because like, my back was to the camera. No one knew that I put the ball on the ground on the whole planet except for the guy who knocked it out. He's like, man, I got it, didn't I? I was like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. It was pretty funny. So and there you go. One fumble in three years? Well, I only, like I said, I only had 29 receptions. Well, I'm trying to compliment. You don't have to bring up, you know, facts to unsupport the case here i'm trying to trying to boost you up big dog how about no lost fumbles in 700 yards of receiving highly impressive okay there you go highly highly impressive it's the big dog highly impressive indeed with the coach here and the two guys at a mic show and again our phone lines if you want to check in talk a little march madness college basketball 888-463-6748 the Phone number, uh, some pretty good games last night. Big Dog uh, actually won great game. Now, Jimmy Bayheim might have been caught up in the moment. It was the first game of the evening. Syracuse knocks off Wisconsin in a thriller right down to the final shot. Bayheim called it one of the best games he's ever been involved in. Might have jumped the gun a little bit, but uh, did you see it, Big Dog? And, and oh, what was yeah. your name? I thought it was a heck of a game. Uh, a, a phenomenal game, and, and I can understand where Bayheim is coming from that, but uh, you know, he's been through 40 years of coaching, so that's it. for him to say that, it's a little shocking for me, Coach. I say, really? Yeah. I mean, he said it. Caught, I couldn't believe it either. Caught up in the uh, moment. I want to tell you, you nailed it yesterday when you told you said, you know, Syracuse, even though they play that, uh, like, uh, half-court, yes. totally slow-style play, they like to get easy back baskets in transition. And during the first 10 minutes of the game, how many layups did Syracuse get? And they ended up having a very difficult time scoring the ball later in the game. If they didn't have all they did? those easy layups, they I would not have won by one point. I don't recall a period when they had that much difficulty. Uh, you know, Wisconsin was draining three-pointers to keep themselves in the game. But the Syracuse offense, I, I don't recall too many slow points. Brandon Trish? Well, yeah, yeah, C.J. Right. Fair, uh, 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 Scoop Jardine, Dion Waiters, the best super sub in the, the country. Those four guys were able to get to the basket at will, basically. Yeah, you're right. I really didn't describe it. I should have said uh, we're able to withstand uh, their score in two while Wisconsin scored in three. How about that? That's probably how I should have been saying it. Because there was, like, Wisconsin was unstoppable for a, a few minutes. It seemed like Jordan Taylor was just throwing up threes from five feet behind the arc, and they were going in. Mm-hmm. And... Too bad that's the that that's the shot that they got at the end of the game. I mean, it's 64-63, 20, or about 15 seconds to go in the game. Syracuse during that time, during the, that last position, played as good a defense as you will ever see a college team play. Mm-hmm. That was just amazing. They know what they're going to get. They're trying to get a, a drive to the hoop. There was nowhere for him to go, Coach. Well, you want me to break it down like a coach, I will do that. Because, uh, first of all, Jordan Taylor dishes off uh, off the screen to Rod Wilson, number 33, who's an outstanding shooter. Syracuse knows the scouting report. Rod Wilson goes up, at least in triple threat position, threatening to shoot, and the defender jumps in the air. I'm talking about number 33, Big Dog. Well, when you get a guy up in the air in your face, what do you do? 
go into them and you draw contact uh, and you it? I don't know about that because you oh, go okay. you, you drive around them. You, you okay, got the yeah, guy yeah. up in the air. There were still seven or eight seconds left. Rod Wilson should have put the ball on the floor, driven to the basket. He had the defense at a disadvantage. He was too afraid at that moment to do it, so he kicks it out to Jordan Taylor. Mistake number two, Jordan Taylor panics and throws up a bad three-point. As hot as he was, that was a bad shot. And then, now here's the killer, Big Dog. See, help me out here. Please, please tell me that you notice it. Can I count on you for this thing? Every announcer, no mention. They go to the studio. Four guys sitting there. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Not a mention. They show the replay over and over and over again. Not a mention. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, because I, 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 I quit. I turned immediately to the other game. Ah, Big Dog. You're killing me. All right. Brucewitz. Our guy Brucewitz. And on the Jordan Taylor air ball. Uh-huh. The big guy for Wisconsin, Brucewitz, had the ball in his hands. It went right to him. I'm not yeah, saying it yeah. was a super easy catch. Yeah. But it, it could have been a North Carolina State type, type play where Lorenzo Charles, he had a right, and it went right through his hands. He could have caught that ball. He was right there for it. Put back layup would have been one of the great Wisconsin wins yeah. of all time. Not an announcer mentioned it, and it's right there. Every replay, it slips right through it. I love Brucewitz. Love the kid, but it slipped right through the hands of the big redhead. Yeah, it did. It went right through his hands. I mean, and that's... Did you, so you noticed it in the, in the one moment you watched it? Well, I did. I, I did say, oh, that guy didn't catch the ball. I didn't even know it was Brucewitz, and I went right to the other game at that point. When they have two games on, I go, I'm back and forth. I watch no replays. I'm always trying to catch live action. Coach, you noticed it. You were the, you were one of 37 people in America. The other 36 were the Bruiswitz family. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't understand it. Mean, it's such an obvious, you don't want to get down on the guy or criticize, but you have to mention it. It was right there for you. At any rate, Wisconsin, it was a great game. Great game. Phenomenal way to tip off the uh, Sweet 16, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's, it pretty much sums up the fact that the rest of these games are going to be phenomenal. The Ohio State Cincinnati game. Woo! We know, we, y'all know, Cloudy is this huge, huge Ohio State fan. And at halftime, he's like, you know, I'm not really worried about this. You know, it's like I can, I can feel that because Ohio State really controlled the first half. Yeah. Absolutely did. And it was one of those things where you're like, you know, it's an NCAA tournament game, so it could get good. But no, they're just controlling the game right now. Well, uh, Cincinnati scored. 25 points in the first half. They scored 27 points in the first seven minutes of the second half, Coach. So, obviously, they got stuff straight out. That ended up being a two-to-nail yeah. golf play. They're in craft. and just flat-out place of defense. Man. Oh, man. the Absolutely one of the best guard defenders that I've ever seen. And your friend, Cloudy, and many other Ohio State fans probably had to take a few, how do I gently put this, unscheduled bathroom breaks during the commercials in the first 10 minutes of that second half because Cincinnati Ooh. turned the game around. But, boy, then the Buckeyes, how about that run Ohio State had, Big Dog, to put the game away? And we got to throw some kudos to uh, Lenzel Smith, Jr. The unsung number five starter on the ball club played his high school basketball up at Zion Benton, a school you're familiar with. Lenzel yeah. Smith, Jr., he was the key to that comeback. Uh, a key to the comeback, made a couple steals to, to trigger some plays and, uh, had a decent score, and I consider he only averages six points a game on the season. So, uh, yeah, he was the key to the comeback. And, and where's William Buford? Because uh, let's face it, Deshaun Thomas has been up or down all all season. But during the the tournament, he has been the the number one overall recruit that is, you know in the Midwest that he was supposed to be. And Sullinger yesterday was phenomenal. And we're talking about Kraft is good. William Buford's their leader. 
you know, and for three games in the tournament, he's done nothing. And it's kind of what's going to happen, Coach, because if he plays like this, they're not beat Syracuse. William Buford has to step up. They need all five guys mm-hmm. to be playing, especially yeah, I, their senior. I, I completely agree with that analysis. He has uh, he's probably another guy similar to Sullinger, where if he would have come out after last year. Now, Sullinger would have been a top three pick. Buford, after last year, would have been a first-round pick, but obviously not as high as Sullinger. But this year it uh-huh. just didn't, yeah, you know, okay, but it didn't quite hit the levels that they thought he would go to. So now coming out in the draft, he's probably a second-rounder. You hate to say it, but the guy probably lost a million bucks yeah, by sticking yeah, well, around yeah. sticking around for his senior year. But but I agree with your analysis, Big Dog. The difference between Ohio State being an Elite Eight team and a national championship team, the guy that can step up his game is the shooter, number 44, William, don't call me Bill Buford. Absolutely, and and it could still happen. I, I haven't given up on it yet because, yep. uh, you know, and, and they're going to be playing Syracuse, and I really do think they should be favored in the Syracuse game. I, I think Ohio State's better than Syracuse is after watching both of those games extremely intently. I, I, I just really think that Ohio State's going to be able to to match up with that zone. Mm-hmm. Let me and ask you this, uh, and you you watch the Wisconsin-Syracuse game. Here's another thought I had. And Bo Ryan's a great coach, and he's getting criticized for not calling timeout. I can live with that either way. But the way they attack the 2-3 zone, now you had four days to prepare for it. Um, were you surprised it, 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 at the simpleness? I mean, basically it was point guard, wing, wing, high post, free throw, low post guy, pass it around, pass it around. No specials, no tricks, no screens off. The, wouldn't you thought that Wisconsin would have come up with a, a few different looks off the two three zone? Yeah, you would, and especially, and just be like, hey, we we've got to have, you know, they, you always have that high low uh, screen at the top. They and that's all they did. I swear, that's all Wisconsin ever did all night was they did that the, the screen at the top and then have that was Jordan the Taylor do a, that was the only minor adjustment. Other than that, uh-huh. it was pass back and forth, pass back, and the guards would not drive. I mean, a simple concept. I'm getting a little uh, coach coach speak here, a little bit you know X's and O's, but we'll break it down. But basically, against the zone, you got to make two people guard you. You got to draw the defense. Well, outside of Jordan Taylor, a little bit, Broston, Gasser, and the other guys on the wings, they didn't do that. You got to penetrate and kick a little bit to make the zone move. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, it, it, it's especially in the in zone. You know, in man, you can have like a little two man game, set a pick, and you know, and roll and all that. When you're playing against a zone defense, you have got to continue to move and have people's head on the swivel. Next, you know, yeah. one guy's looking this way, but the ball gets reversed. You get a layup because mm-hmm. no one's on anybody. You know, it's it's almost like you got to be even more deceptive when you're uh, playing the zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, now you said you switched over to the other game again, Big Dog and a coach, right? Smack in the middle of March Madness. You want to check in? Love to hear from you. Randy Myers, by the way, in his final day, sitting in as lead producer. There is a report that our top producer, our, I shouldn't say top, our lead producer, David Olson, will be back on Monday, bumping Randy back off the bench once again. And based on Randy's reaction, Big Dog, he couldn't be happier about it. I think he's tired of us already. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number. But the other game you switched on to was Louisville in Michigan State. Louisville looking awesome. My question to you, Big I never heard of this guy before, but who is Luigi Dang or whatever his first name is? Yeah, it's like Dang is how you say it. 
Uh, every single time he uh, steps up to a basketball court over the last couple of weeks, he's gone up about three or four spots in the NBA draft. Wow. I mean, what, guy, what year is he? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a sophomore coach. And, and see, the thing about guys like him, if he ends up being an NBA player and can't, like, make a layup or a free throw, you can put him out on the court like Samuel Dallenberg. He'll block five shots and get 15 rebounds for you. I mean, the guy is absolutely massive. And you're right, talk about a guy that's just shooting up the chart. Well, I wasn't so much worried about his NBA career at this point. What I'm what I'm curious about is how he has elevated the already good Louisville Cardinal team, and they're becoming a great team. They're starting to look like that Connecticut team from last year. They got the look, the feel, the uh, the great point guard play. What do you think of my guy Peyton Siva, by the way? Uh, coach, yeah, he's very good, very good. I, I I would have to admit, and defensively. They threw Michigan. Michigan State was completely baffled on offense. They couldn't really. It, it was it was hard to watch. I mean, and Michigan State once they got down. I, I hate to say this, but the word I'm going to say is it's. It, I they sense. I sense panic a little bit. Like, oh, what are we going to do? We're, we can't score against this team, and they didn't know what to do on offense. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was hard to watch as a as a uh, as a guy that was pulling for my friends who are all Michigan. I got a lot of Michigan State fans. Mm-hmm. You know, watching that second half, did it occur to you a little bit that, you know what, this team is good. They're really not that good. What an amazing job Tom Izzo did with them this year yeah. to win the Big Ten and get this far because they're not outside of Draymond Green. They're good, but not that good. Yeah, I, and I totally agree. And, and, and Draymond Green is one of those guys who had a, he's a maximum effort, maximum thought guy in his Maxed out his limited athletic ability, to be quite honest with you. So, and the rest of the team is like they're small and, and not that big. I mean, Lucas is all right, but just uh, yeah, you, you're exactly right. Tom Izzo did a phenomenal job with that mm-hmm. team, and, and Rick Pitino. This Louisville <laughs> team is a legitimate threat, coach. So, uh, who who are they going to be playing next game? The Florida Gator. Uh oh, oh, and that was your team. You called the Florida Gator. You called. A deep run into the tournament in the middle of January with the Florida Gators. This year, you you've done a good job this year. Yeah, they are uh, what are what are they the seven seed? They're a seven seed. So you got and, a four seed playing a seven seed. The other one's a one two, but uh, four versus a seven. Yeah, which is, you know you, you usually get that. You usually get like two that are the chalk one and two, and then mm-hmm. you get one one versus like a four, and then you or like a five, and then you get some crazy one. And I guess the 4 7 is as crazy as we're going to get in this yeah. tournament. Florida Marquette game was a good game, not a great game, tight at halftime. Slowly, but uh, not so surely, but nevertheless, slowly, the Florida Gators started to pull away. Marquette just couldn't hit the big outside shot. Buzz Williams doing hieroglyphics, and uh, the guy loses about six, seven pounds every game. He's fun to watch. Coach Billy Donovan, class act on the other end, and Florida. You watch them play big dog. They got Patrick Young in the middle, but really probably their best offensive threat is the freshman, Bradley Beal. It's hard for a freshman to lead a team, but uh, he's, he's their top scorer right now. Well, you know what? If you got guys that are unselfish and really realize how important it is to win, it's a lot easier for a freshman if you have good teammates to be like, hey, dude, you're our best scorer. Go, you know, go ahead and go do it. Uh, we can care less. Let's, let's win some basketball games. Mm-hmm. That's up to the teammates, Coach. 
Yeah, in fact, the, I think the announcers were talking about it. I wasn't aware of it, but apparently, you know, Irvin Walker, Kenny Boynton are the returning seniors, Patrick Young, but none of those guys apparently were real comfortable in the vocal role. And Bradley Beal came in as a freshman, a lot of AAU experience, and he is that personality. Now, it's tough for a freshman, but I think the announcer's inside report was basically over the course of the season, Bradley Beal, you know, as a starter, his confidence grew in you in the freshman is now the guy vocally leading the team, which is pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing to have like a, a Carmelo Anthony, who is just such a dynamic offensive force as a freshman. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's your like your leader in terms of hey, you'll go get us the bucket. But it's totally different with a guy who's like hey, you know, pulling everybody into the huddle and getting all five together and yep. being like hey, we're going to do this, blah blah blah. Normally, that's not the freshman guy doing that. Mm-hmm. That's that. It is a unique thing they got going on there. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number, the dog, and the coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Big dog, we go out to the phone lines. You make the call, my friend. Line three. Six, nine, or twelves. For some weird reason, multiples of three are lit up. I'll go with three. <laughs> I, I can really annoy Big Dub, but I won't do that right now. Out the line three, we go Whiting, Indiana. It's caller Jim. Might he be interested in Indiana, Kentucky tonight? How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing great, Coach. I'm getting paid for sitting on my rear end. It's a lovely day. You are. Hopefully you're not getting paid off of our tax dollars, because I'm not sure I'm appreciating the fact someone out there is, what, what do you work for, the city of Chicago? No, it's the uh, BP Amico, I believe I'm working for, ah. out here. And there's a dangerous situation out in our work area, so we can't go out there. So I called you up to hear your voice, and it's wonderful to hear you guys. Trust me. Well, I appreciate that. What Can you divulge what the dangerous situation is? Um, there's a big tank they're opening up, and it's got H2S potential H2S in it, and if you breathe it, it kills you. So it's not a good area to begin. That stuff smells real good, too, because my my buddy eats a lot of eggs, so I know what that smells like. (laughs) It's not that bad. It it can be similar, but, yeah, the egg smells don't usually kill you, but this H2S will, so... Come on, you guys guys are soft. Jimmy, you're earning a salary. Get out there and uh, take a risk, will you, please? Uh, in this case, I'm not going to take one. Okay. On second thought, we need each and every listener we can get. Be safe out there, please. There you go. So, yeah, Liz. It's great to hear you guys, though, man. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, right back at you, my friend. Right back at you. Whiting, Indy. Are you living out there or just working? No, I drive back and forth, Coach. It ain't bad. It's 30 miles out, and I go around the city on the way back, so it's like 60 back. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, if you uh, go on 294 all the way around, it, it adds like 10 miles on your car, but it, it actually saves about two or three weeks of your life. Yeah, and the views are great. Oh, just <laughs> phenomenal. Like that tanker that was overturned the other day on 294, that was lovely to drive past. <laughs> At least it wasn't in my direction, you know. Oh, goodness. So, Jimmy, you getting, uh, you getting a chance to watch some uh, basketball? you getting caught up in the March Madness, or are you all worried about the Bears and their off-season pickups? Uh, mostly I've been catching hawks and bulls with my son, uh, when I get home. I don't have much time other than work right now, so mm-hmm. that's been about the extent of it, and I don't have time to bring you guys up on the computer and listen, so since I'm getting tent time, I figured I'd call and say hello. Beautiful. And see how you guys are doing. I, I can't get to your things in Niles when you guys are out there either, because I just don't have the time. Uh, by the way, we're going to have an app. So if you have just a regular smartphone, you'll be able to click it and listen to the show. That'll be out in 2015, Jim. So you just hang in there. 
Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> this job might last that long. I, that might come in very handy for me as a wow. matter of fact. Forget about but, Jim. I'm the one who's got to hang in, Big Doug. 2015. <laughs> can't we push up? A, I, can't we push up production a little bit? Uh, under promise, over deliver, Coach. All right. Because by then I might I might be selling pharmaceuticals. I'm I've got to start looking elsewhere. I don't know. Okay. 2015. Yeah. Wow. I might be able to hang in there. What is yeah. that? Six more David Olson vacations. That means we got to put up with Randy for six more full weeks, two times a year. If you do the math, that's not that bad. All right. Not well, bad. Jimmy, great to hear from you, and uh, hopefully you can catch a little bit of the show. Be safe out there. Don't oh, enter any dangerous do situations, and um, keep yeah, cheering on the Bulls and the Hawks because they've been doing great. Yes, sir, they have. It's been enjoyable. Beautiful. Jimmy, we appreciate the check-in, okay? Good to hear from you. Okay, have a good day, guys. There it is. Later, Jim. Jim, checking in from Whiting, Indiana. Big Dog, you ever been out to a beautiful downtown Whiting, Indiana? Uh, that's uh, Of course. I, I go there all the time. I, I buy cigarettes from the Indians, and I, <laughs> I trade booze to them for them. It's really good. <laughs> I uh, think one, like three years ago, we might have ventured out. We took our family to the Taste of Whiting. <laughs> Uh, they had uh, already a speed wagon played that summer, didn't they? Yeah, and, but I mean, unfortunately, it was only one guy because the other three guys of REO speed wagon had passed away. So they advertised so it, it that it was went, basically just one guy playing backup guitar. Was it R, E, or O? <laughs> and the rest of the, and the, or was it the whole speed wagon? I think the based on the crowd's reaction, it must have been oh, must have been the O. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> All right, we appreciate the call from Jim. Jim hangs up, leaves eight other lines open. Hate when that happens. 888-463-6748. You call up. Every time you call up and get on, there's a little bit of good news, bad news. The good news is we get you right on. You get to talk to the big dog and the coach. User-friendly sports talk radio. The bad is you do have to go through the pain, briefly, of talking to our uh, producer, Randy Myers. But it's not that bad, big dog. The pain goes away quickly. Yeah, and let's let's leave Randy Myers alone. I think he's done a pretty good job all week. I just he's done an outstanding job. I just remind our listeners to uh, turn and cough when they're talking to our producer, and it's really not that bad. I kid, of course. All right, hey, Dahl, we got some games coming up. We'll get to some other topic, but just to finish out the March Madness, four teams are in. Who will the other four be? Uh, let's start off with Baylor and Xavier. Any any thoughts on that uh, up and down the court, fast paced game? Yeah, that is going to be one heck of a game. Uh, that is one of the best matchups I saw going into this, uh, into this weekend. Now, I've been waiting for Baylor just to play dumb and lose a game. It is eventually going to happen. I, I just, even though they have as much talent as any team in the country. So I, I'm, I'm thinking Xavier and two Holloway get it done tonight. Is Baylor possibly the oldest team? I'm not saying, you know, illegally old. I'm just saying physically. It might be the oldest team I've ever seen play college, but they look like a, like a, 30 and over men's recreational basketball team. Uh, they're uh, Greg Oden's love child with <laughs> Evan Eschmeyer is on the team, Coach. Which is, that's, a, that's a strange, strange look. <laughs> He's 18 and he looks 34. <laughs> Greg Oden and Evan Eschmeyer's love child. Yeah. Uh, you talking about Quincy Acey? <laughs> that wasn't a joke, that was is that? <laughs> I'm not sure which guy you're talking about, but all of them, Quincy Miller, uh, Perry Jones, the third, Pierre Jackson, the point guard, looks like the second coming of Khalid Alamine. And that's not a good thing. Well, that's not a good thing. When probably. you're, I mean, when, when anybody, when your nickname is Round Mound or Rebound or anything like that, that's not good. Mm-hmm. That's not good. And when Khalid Alamine, 
basically his whole job as a as a collegiate player was he used to post up like other point guards and he was five foot nine coach just because he yeah. was so round you couldn't had block a his shot. Great butt though. One of the better butts of any guards ever to use it down on the post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they at, called him the round mount. At at that up, oh, we lose the big dog. No, no, I'm here. Why okay. is going to say that? Say that comment again, dog. We lost you on that one. Uh, I, I was, it was just funny. Khalid Alamine and Michael Sweeney, the two biggest butts in the history of the NBA, <laughs> on the on the Bulls at the same time. But that, we, let's get back to college basketball. Oh, please, North Carolina and Ohio, the powerhouse, the one seed going up against the best Cinderella we have left, a 13 seed, Athens, Ohio, the Ohio Bobcats. Any chance, big dog, the Bobcat can pull off the big upset. Uh, absolutely. When you're you're talking about a team that doesn't have its point guard, it's the first game after that. Anything could happen. And and let's not let's not forget Clark Kellogg's son is still upset that he did not get a, a scholarship offer from Ohio State, and he he wants Ohio State badly. Coach mm-hmm. Nick so, yeah. Kellogg, you're talking about, and he got hot in the last game. What year is he? Uh, he's the junior coach, I think. I'm guessing okay. on that. I'm just guessing. I I. I I, I, I think that's what I heard. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, have you heard Clark, who you know, phenomenal announcer? I love Clark Keller. Have you heard him talk about his son and the college choices and the recruitment and stuff? Not at all. I've okay. been wanting to hear that because you're, you're talking about a guy that was the Big Ten Player of the Year at Ohio State. You just figure he has a son that plays basketball. They, he automatically just goes to Ohio well, State, right? Isn't that how they do it? No, in Ohio? actually, in defense of Thad, Thad Mata, I would hope that would not be the way. Maybe that's why they're successful, because they don't. I'm, the little bit I've seen Nick Kellogg play, Ohio University, not Ohio State, is exactly where he should be playing. Okay. That's what Claudia said to me, too. Yeah. All right. Now, right. let me ask you a question. We saw Tim Tebow come out of nowhere and lead a team to victory. I feel like I'm missing someone else, but the obvious example of, of guys who, when they get their opportunity, not only succeed, but succeed in a big way and become a national story and uh, Jeremy Lin is the obvious situation I'm going to bring up here. And I hate to jinx the guy, and I hesitate to say it, but is there the slight possibility that Stillman White, the six-foot-tall white dude, I think from Oklahoma City, I'm not sure where he's from, but Stillman White, who's going to fill in for the point guard Kendall Marshall, I mean, could he all of a sudden become the new star and become the talk of the town, Big Dog? Well, he's got the opportunity, doesn't he? And since yep. he's so odd looking, and and the least play, the last player on North Carolina you would uh, expect to to play huge. Yeah, and if he does, eh, that, that's what the, that's what it's all about, coach. Mm-hmm. When somebody looks a little goofy, does something a little strange, and then all of a sudden they're successful, people love him. And you watch him play with North Carolina. You kind of kid the guy gets a couple of minutes a game just to rest Kendall Marshall. You think he's not that good. But we have to remind ourselves, to get a scholarship and to play at North Carolina, not only were you a high school all-conference player, you're probably an all-stater and a flat-out star. I mean, an absolute star. So this guy's not just some uh, Johnny-come-chumply, but he's got to be a great player in his own right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Right. But you, you never know. Maybe they don't develop. You know, so yep. who knows? so remember, remember that name, Stillman White. He could be the guy front and center for the North Carolina Tar Heels today. Coming up later at night, Big Dog, the storylines are set. It couldn't get any better as far as the storylines and the revenge factor and the rivalry. I'm talking, of course, about Kentucky versus Indiana. What's uh, your thoughts, instincts on this one? Uh, instincts are that 
uh, Kentucky will win this game and maybe even handily. Of all the games that I saw, of all the matchups of the Sweet 16, this was the one that I think has the, the least chance of going down to the wire. Interesting. I'm, 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 I kind of see that, but then there's part of me that's saying, you know what, this thing's going to come down to a last-second shot again. I hope so, because I'm rooting for Indiana, Coach. I mean, I'm really rooting for Indiana. Yeah. I want it to happen. Yeah, I am too, and it, it, it hasn't happened often, me rooting for Indiana. But in this game, I definitely will need to see John Calipari knocked off. Yes. <laughs> Not knocked up, knocked I, off. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more, Coach. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree. I, I, I'm an Illinois fan, diehard Illinois basketball fan. Illinois and Indiana has a huge rivalry. Yep. And uh, so, trust me, it's hard for me to root for Indiana. Yep. I'm, I will be tonight. Well, my son might be going to Indiana, Big Dog, so I might, over the next four years, have to somehow find a way to get a little of the uh, Hoosier blood running through my stream. Right now, that seems like a hard thing to do, but, you know, I'm going to have to learn, I think. You're going to have to get me a legitimate reason why Indianans are called Hoosiers. Okay. That's that's one thing I want, a legitimate reason. I've heard over a thousand different ones. None of them make any sense to me. I will investigate that to you, and by the time we have our 2015 app working, I'll I'll make sure I get back to you on that. Sounds good. I might need three years' work project on that particular game. By the way, speaking of our Big Ten institutions and the uh, school that is so near and dear to your heart, University of Illinois, did you see that the school president, of the University of Illinois has resigned under pressure. Not the coach, folks. The president of the university. I believe his name is Michael Horton, the second president that's resigned in the last three years. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael Hogan? Yeah, Hogan. Yeah, he's not related to, to my boy Joe Hogan at he, all. Not related whatsoever. Our, our interns tell us differently, but I won't question you. Uh, you know what's kind of funny is when someone like leaves or something, it's usually something nice. Oh, we're going to move forward, blah blah blah. No. People come out. Yeah, we. This guy's a jackass. <laughs> I mean, that's basically been the response. <laughs> it's like wow. And, and the sad wow. thing is, but big dog, they brought him in to ease things up after the previous jackass left. Yeah, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Wow. Okay. Because oh, they did whatever they could to force the last guy out. They did whatever they get to. Yeah, yeah. We'll take this guy. Uh oh. Guess what? Well, guess look what you got now. So sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. No question about it. They got an interim president in place, looking for a chancellor. I might, Randy. I've thought of applying for the chancellor position. I think that'd be kind. Of, I don't know what it involves, but wouldn't that be cool to be called like a chancellor? It almost sounds royalist. Let me ask you this, Randy Myers, assistant producer, Joe Rodwanski, semi-esteemed talk show host. University of Illinois now is looking for a new presidente. And a new head Division One basketball coach. Simple and, question: Who's going to get they, paid? Who's going to get paid more? Uh, the basketball coach is going to get paid more. They bring in much more money to the institution. I bet. But the, the president goes around uh, trying to collect money from alumni, and what does the basketball coach do? He goes around trying to put as many people in the seats as possible, try to get them as far as they possibly can into the tournament. Oh, and they go around trying to collect money from boosters. Who are the boosters? Oh, those are the alumni. So they do the same exact thing the president does, plus they also coach the basketball team. Well, you, you've simplified things a little bit. We might throw out this little fact that, oh, the president happens to supervise the entire academic institution that is the very core of the University of Illinois. 
or apparently that doesn't count. So you talk to the head of the mathematics, you talk to the head of the social scientist, you well, have someone from English, and they report <laughs> to you. And you read a couple files once a week on every one of these particular. That's really difficult, isn't it? Man, I'll Just tell you one what. One of the if... most overrated, like legitimately, the president <laughs> of the university is one of the most overrated jobs in the freaking planet, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Seriously, do you really? Who do you educate? You 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 have heads of those. And if there's a bad English professor at the University of Illinois, they don't go directly to the president. They go to the head of the English department, and then the head of the English department then goes to the president. So, like, what does the president walk around and know every single? They probably, the president of the University of Illinois probably has been in less than one percent of the of the of those professors' classes. So you you're implying basically that it's a figurehead position. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. They're there to gain money for. Uh-huh. So that's what the president's supposed to do. Is that if somebody messes up at the university, they're supposed to act like they're appalled and then either <laughs> fire them or suspend them. And then their other job is to, to garner garner as much esteem through. Uh, oh, we're we're at the Orange Bowl. So we got to make sure that we take advantage of this as much as we possibly can. Oh, wow. we made the Final Four. Okay, well, we got to make sure we take advantage of as much as we possibly. That's what they do, coach. Wow, I love a man. I love a man that got a 1.6 grade point average in high school firing. No, and I say this in all sincerity because a lot of what you say is true. But I love the irony of that firing on university, uh, large university presidents. Now, Big Dog got a perfect world. And by the way, if we do have any large university presidents listening to the program. First of all, uh, two things for you. Our phone number, if you'd like to check in, talk to the dog, 888-463-6748. And the second thing is stop listening to us and run your damn university. What are you doing listening to our program? Please. You're missing the whole point. It's not hard to run one. Well, I was going to say in a perfect world, Big Dog, the president can set the tone of the university, can motivate. He can set Mm -hmm. some program structure. He can... What am I trying to say here? Set an overall tone of the university of, uh, you know, where he, it's sort of like the head coach in football who doesn't necessarily run every play, the O coordinator, D coordinator. We all know how specialized it is, but their demeanor and their overall philosophy, it sets a tone that, that breeds success. Well, coach, I, I, I agree completely with you. And considering everybody at the University of Illinois hated this guy, that's why I was like, I bet you he's gone to less than 1% of those professors' classrooms. If if you really want to be a good president, let's face it, all you have to truly do is what I I was talking about. You know, monitor the heads of your department. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, listen to the overall like like discipline of the whole school, and then have a pulse on what your students want and how your faculty should be led. Well, <laughs> so that's like that's the important things. Like, but does that you know what I mean? That doesn't happen. Obviously, at the University of Illinois, that wasn't going on. Yeah, because the, the rest of the faculty wanted to kill this dude. <laughs> I uh, completely agree with you. By the way, I think that would be a successful way for the president to be. I had to mm-hmm. chuckle when you said have a pulse because I looked at the picture of the last president and the one mm-hmm. they have now named the interim president. And for both those guys, literally having a pulse would be an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them look like there's not that many ticks left. I, you know, I, hopefully. That could be an issue. That, that, yes. that could definitely be an issue. Yes. Never, never now, has have a pulse been, been truer than that. And then, no, so the old AD <laughs> that was that was there for two years brought on, oh, excuse me, AD, president, hired an AD who, quite frankly, is inept. 
Okay, everything he's done at the University of Illinois has been bad so far. And he's already proven that he can't hire a Division One football coach because he hires well, I'm, Tim Beckman as the, the University of Illinois football coach, and now he's in charge of of uh, putting together. I mean, I kind of want them to find a new president. I know this would be really bad for Illinois next season, but I, I, I'm worried to sacrifice next season for the whole benefit of uh, Illinois athletics department mm-hmm. and get a new AD in. Like, get a president, have him pick the AD. And then have that AD yep. pick a new football and basketball coach. I, I am right now. Illinois Athletics is going to be on the level of Northwestern in about a year or two. Yep. Hopefully, and we will be, right. be proved wrong. But you're right, Mike Thomas, the new athletic director. And again, I, I you know I, I can't say I've totally researched the guy, and I do hope I'm proven wrong. But just not smelling, not passing the smell test. Okay, so let, let's go for the, the one thing that everybody was talking about. Well, he'll be able to get Shaka Smart because they work together and they know each other. Shaka Smart's like, I'm not going to Illinois. Well, there, that's a, so that's a little indication. They work mm-hmm. together, and Shaka Smart didn't want to. It wasn't even like, oh, I'm considering it. He's like, no, no, no I don't want the Illinois job. Yep. And it, it made Illinois look stupid in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> All right. This is not a good time for me to be an Illinois fan right now, Coach, because I don't want to sit there and keep on bashing the program, so let's move on to the, the rest of the Sweet 16. But uh, yeah, let's, 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 let's Illinois president being fired is a big story in terms of somebody. And it's funny you brought up the fact that he won't he'll get paid half as much as the next basketball coach. Wait, I missed that. Say that again. Who Who, whoever the president of the University of Illinois oh, oh yes, he'll be paid yes. half of whatever the basketball coach. Sad, is. sad, but probably. True, and I'm not sure what statement that makes, but uh, it doesn't matter what statement it makes. It's the reality of the situation. Let's move real quick beyond March Madness. Big Dog, talk about a few other things in the world of sports, including in the uh, scintillating, scintillating first 22 seconds of the show in our award-winning Open. We brought up the fact that uh, lost in all the March Madness. We're only a couple of weeks away. Thursday, April 5th, the Cubs' home opener, and it was announced yesterday the Washington Nationals going to start Stephen Strasburg on the Cub home opener. That's got to get your juices flowing a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping they would see him over that three-day set. Might as well get him over in game one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that only counts as a that point of 162. The kid is incredible, Coach. And uh, to be honest, I, I, that's almost going to be a loss. I, he's going to he has a chance to win the Cy Young in the National League this year. That's how good the kid is. Well, I'm not worried. We're going to have Rodrigo Lopez throwing for us, so no no concerns at all. Uh, I don't believe he is on the Cubs roster. Oh, sure year. he is. He's he's battling. He's battling. Uh, you got Dempster. You got Matt Garza. You got um, uh, Paul Mahomes as your top three. Mahalam, and it looks like Jeff Samarja is going to be your number four starter. Not for sure, but he's looking pretty good. And then it's a battle between Chris Volstead, the big tall kid they got in the trade for um, for Carlos Zambrano. And then Randy Wells is pitching pretty good, and Rodrigo Lopez is still in the picture, big dumb. Yeah, yeah, but they do not want to give that fifth spot. C.O. Epstein, Jed Hoyer, they understand this. This is The Cubs aren't going to win anything this year. They do not want to give their fifth spot or their fourth spot. Lopez, in order for him to make the roster, someone's going to have to get hurt. Mm-hmm. They want Volstead, they want Samarja in the rotation coach. Okay. So, honestly, it, like, if you start a guy that's 37 years old, why? Why at this point? 
It's not like right now we're like you're looking at this team and be like, yeah, it's like the Cubs, the Angels, the Tigers, and and the Rangers this year. You know, I'm not. I'm not. To be quite honest, I'm not looking at it that way. I'm looking at 25 teams better than the than the Chicago Cubs out this season. So since it's that way, there's no reason to waste a start with Rodrigo Lopez, mm-hmm. Volstead, Randy Wells, Samarja. Let's find out what these guys have. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thursday, April 5th, going to be the home opener, courtesy of uh, good listener and good friend Smith Barney. Steve, big dog, there is a possibility that I will have my uh, right and left gluteus maximus uh, sitting in one of the fine Chicago Cub Wrigley Field seats. I might be at the home opener. Now, uh, we have a new mascot for these Chicago Cubs, kind of a new spokesman this year, man. I noticed I did read his blog this morning, but any chance this year, man, will be out for opening game? Uh, he definitely will be out about in the area. Excellent. And then uh, shortly thereafter disappearing so he can go actually watch the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, right. so do you have you have a uh, a pet peeve about the NCAA, like people who fill out more than one bracket? Yes. Which, get over it. I'm in like like eight different pools. You know what I mean? What, what is it wrong? Because I'm in gambling in a bunch of different pools. Well, I do have I do have one pet peeve about Cup fans, a bunch of them. But one of them is this: someone who goes on opening day and then doesn't go the rest of the season. Yep, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's you, though. I was describing. Well, you. it's close to me. I might go to you. I mean, you're exactly right. And, and first of all, I wouldn't go if I wasn't invited. So it's not like I'm making a particularly special uh, attempt to make. But I'll make it out to one or two other games. But I, all right, I'll take the criticism. And and you're right; it's a pet peeve of mine too, even though I do it. You know what? No, I, I have to admit though, since you're not making it a point to make sure you're there on opening day, yeah. Then I'm not. I'm then you don't fit in that because there's like a there's a small category of people that I know that they have to be there the first game. They have to, and then they don't care if they go to a game the rest of the year. I'm like, does it, what difference is it? Trust me, going to a game April fifth, it's kind of cool. They have the bunting on the walls, but trust me, if you go to a game on August seventeenth when they're twenty seven games out of first place, but yeah. it's 84 degrees and it's sunny out, it's yep. much nicer than the, the April 5th game. I, I promise you. you that. I hear you. I'm with you all the way on that. And speaking of that, this year man's blog addresses, I won't call them pet peeves, but uh, something about the fact five key things the Cub fans should or should not be doing. It's outstanding. Talk about where people can read the blog of, again, a new Chicago Cub mascot this year, man. Uh, I would hope. Actually, Coach, I'm surprised the guy can even write, to be quite honest. If you go to if you go to WordPress, if you go thisyearman.wordpress.com, I know that's a lot. Otherwise, just go to Facebook, friend this year man, and all the mm-hmm. stuff is going to be downloaded. Like you'll be able to just go right to this year man and see all the blogs that he's mm-hmm. going to post. He does own thisyearman.com, but as much as he knows about the Cubs and his his now his trying to learn the English language and the alphabet. It's going to take him a couple of weeks before he actually has this year man connected to everything else. But it'll be mm-hmm. by the time opening day is here, by April by April fourth, the uh, the anniversary of Martin Luther King being assassinated, the website will be uh, mm-hmm. this year man will be done. You'll be able to go just go to thisyearman.com dot com and everything Excellent. will work. Out. Excellent. Well, the, the blog Facebook, the blog is very very good. My only minor complaint with the this year man and. This year, man's people and the uh, president and corporation executives of This Year Man Inc. 
Uh, my only complaint is what, we need some video up there. You've been out and about. We got to get some video up, but I couldn't find any video pictures. I, I I don't have a paid person to do this. Otherwise, the person that is doing this is doing it for. I pay for his parking, his gas. I give him some food. Luckily, he's a small person, and luckily <laughs> he gets drunk on two beers. Because otherwise. I re- there's really not a high budget. There's really nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. And from what from the production people, I've talked to the this year men's production people. <laughs> they have hours of footage from this weekend, and from the two people that have watched it, all of it is good. And the first this year man footage will be put up in an hour and ten minutes on my Facebook page. Right. So at noon today. Good. good. Okay, because you know I sympathize with the uh, the video. And film people with the this year man, but uh, let's put it this way: the message you can relay to them, big dog, is if they don't get video up there quick, we know people here, and they might get a knock on the door and a visit from a guy named Vince or maybe Tino. Let's 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 get some movement here. We're talking. This is true. This is true. By the way, uh, this year man was contacted yesterday by a guy by the name of White Sox Man. Uh oh. Okay. And this guy was like. You're a chump, blah, blah, blah. The funny thing is, is uh, <laughs> this guy, where it looks like he's wearing a Batman outfit. Would you ever see those Batman outfits where the guy wears the outfit with the fake muscles on it? Yep. Well, he has to wear one of those. This year, man doesn't have to wear one with the fake muscles on uh, it. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, but there so actually is a White back. Sox man out there, huh? Yeah, there's a White Sox man out there, and he wears fake a fake muscled suit. One of those guys. Pitiful. It's a little bit different when the guy walks up to you and uh, he doesn't have one of those fake muscle suits on and he's just Abs- big as you. Absolutely <laughs> inexcusable. We'll find out. Uh, I'm sure if we do more background research on this guy, he'll be destroyed within a couple of weeks. Oh, By the okay. way, we will. We will. S- speaking of having issues, and it's not really background checks, but uh, getting into a real quick little sports guys talk politics, are you aware of the whole Etch-A-Sketch controversy going on now, Big Dog? Uh, yeah, is it a... Is it a- I, I, I heard of it. I, yesterday, I was watching a lot of basketball, and then uh, I, when I was I was reading the news on the internet, I saw a bunch of uh, Romney getting abused because somebody he used the term "we're going to shake it like an etch a sketch" or something. Yeah, you know, first of all, he did win the fine state of Illinois. I never even you know caught in all the March Madness. I don't even know if we had mentioned that on the show. Romney over Santorum, dominating by the way the city of Chicago and the suburbs. Mid-Illinois, downstate Illinois, Mr. Rick Santorum was victorious, interestingly enough. Of course enough. they do. They, they sacrifice sheep down there. <laughs> we got listeners in that area, Big Dub. Please. I love the, those are some of my, my favorite listeners. Aren't sac- those guys aren't sacrificing sheep. I'm talking about those other people, Coach, in downstate. Oh. <laughs> those other people, not Thank- the ones that listen to the show. Thank you for that clarification. I appreciate okay. that. But, uh, you know, Mitt Romney, and again, there's there's part of me as a Democrat and liberal, part of me that actually likes the guy and thinks he has potential. Other part of me is deeply concerned, but but clearly he, he can't stay out of his own way. Every time he takes a step up, falls back a couple steps. He's had all kinds of issues, but this one, and he didn't say it. Right, Randy? It was like his chief advisor or something was spoken. But so they win the election, they're riding high, and then he makes the statement, well, about, you know, are you really conservative, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, we, we, we have to get the nomination. Once we've gotten the nomination, then we shake things up all over again, sort of like an Etch-A-Sketch board. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know what? Truth in politics doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I said it's 
exactly what was on his mind and exactly what is going to happen. Yep. But you're not supposed to tell the truth. I mean, see, you, you, you tell the truth, and they just got point. Yep. That's what happened. Yeah. Well, really, they're caught in the... American public. And see, and the, and the same guy that's going to be backing them, these two guys are going to be backing him in a couple of weeks, are now bashing him for doing exactly what they would be doing if they were in first place. But they wouldn't admit it. They'd probably be smart yeah. enough to be like, no, we're sticking through it, and we're going to be hard and true. It's a good point, and it's one in support of Mitt Romney. On the other hand, do you really want, as your number one guy, the leader of your country, the top position out of the 300 million or however many people we have in this country, the number one guy, a mm-hmm. guy that will switch his position pretty regularly based on you know, whichever way, as the old saying goes, the wind is blowing. It, it's... You know, I get, no, you have an exact, you have a great point. Because if you think about the total jackass that we have in office right now, he said, I am going to end Guantanamo Bay. Well, hey, I'm going to, I'm taking credit for the fact that we killed uh, Osama bin Laden. Well, well, how did you do that? Well, you kept Guantanamo Bay open. I think the rich need to pay their fair share. Well, how come you repealed Capital gains tax three years in a row. I completely agree with you, Coach, because the guy in office right now said a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. that never has come true. And he did the exact yeah, opposite. I'm, I'm so a supporter. You have a very good point about this guy, Mitt Romney, saying yep. all this other stuff, and then he's going to flip. That's an excellent point. I completely yeah. agree with you. And I'm a supporter of the guy in office right now, but the points you make are exactly correct. And the uh, reverse background rebounding point I would make is that I get in argument with my conservative friends all the time that, uh, you know, they paint Barack Obama to be out this this raging, out-of-control, idiotic liberal. And I keep telling them, no, no, that the liberals are, I won't say equally, but they're upset with them at times, too, for some of the issues you just mentioned. But the conservatives absolutely do not see that. They don't understand it. They have blinders to some of the issues you just brought up, and they think he is just an out-of-control, raging, spendthrift liberal when us liberals look at him as a moderate. We wish he'd be a little bit more liberal. What are you? He needs to be more? Did yes. You, did, did you do any investigation of what I, I told what he did to, uh, to us on Friday night when, no, when everybody was sitting there getting getting prepared to get wasted on St. Patty's Day and watching college basketball? What? Well, uh, White House.gov. Just look it up. What is what the edict that the the White House passed on Friday night? And I read it word for word, Coach, and I didn't get anything wrong about what what happened last week. So, if you if you want, if you think he needs to be more liberal, I mean, if honestly, what what do people want? Do they want us to end up exactly like China is? You can't just say people because there is a unfortunately a a great divide in thought process now. So when you say what do people want, unfortunately, you got to ask which people. That's a good point. That's a good point. I I just want people to stay out of my life if they don't mind. No no offense to anybody out there. Hey, dog, uh, more importantly, we got to wind it up. I want to wish everybody a great, great weekend. We thank everybody for listening this week. Enjoy the March Madness. Big Dog, you're going to be solo next week. Any special things, any special guests we might be able to tease and be privy to next week? Uh, coming in uh, this week on on Monday, I have a guy that is that knows what's going on with this whole energy bill in DuPage and who actually is going to get the money for that. And trust me, it's not the taxpayers. We're getting this right in the you-know-what again, mm-hmm. Coach. Excellent. Uh, one of our emailers wants to know, any partially clad female is going to be in the studio with you? To heck with the uh, energy guy, he says. That will probably be on <laughs> Tuesday. Ah, 
when when Jennifer Willis comes on, she's the <laughs> the next fresh cook coach. This ne- is no joke. Beg your pardon. The next fresh cook, your own personal fresh chef. Wow. Good stuff, Coach. I'm I'm almost ready to cancel my vacation and come in next week. All right, Big Dog, uh, enjoy. Have a great – I'll try to check in next week, but uh, have some great shows. Randy Myers, thank you so much. Phenomenal job all week long. Everybody have a great weekend out there. Big Dog, we'll see you next week, okay? See you next week. Thanks, Brady. All right, two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com, signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody.